Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is the up-and-coming director Igor Abramenko. This guy is really making a name for himself already in the film business. He's had films out such as The Passenger, Polaroid Love and most recently the sci-fi horror, I think one of the best films of the last couple of years, Sputnik. He really has a vision that I think is going to take him really far in the film industry and I'm thrilled that he's joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. But before we get to the interview, let's touch base and talk about the last episode. I was joined by the amazing Jessica Hines. This was the second time that she came on the Mark and Me podcast and my god this interview was incredible. I've had so much feedback, so many emails, so many Facebook and Twitter comments and even stuff via Instagram. The feedback has been phenomenal and all positive. People loved how much we went into the depth of talking about mental health, how to cope in lockdown, the history of Spaced, the way she worked with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and much more. It's one of my favourite personal interviews that I've done and it's so great that you guys out there loved it too. But let's get back to today's episode. As I said, I recently watched the film Sputnik and I thought it was amazing. For the budget and for production size, and knowing it's this guy's first full feature length film, it's astonishing. I urge you all to go and check it out. But before you do, why not listen to me and Edgar talking all about it? So here's me and Edgar talking all things film. Thanks for taking the time to join me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Sure, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So what I wanted to do is take it back to the very start of your career uh, when you were growing up as a child and find out what were your influences? What were those first films that you watched that made you fall in love with film? Well, great question. I mean, that um, I can recall the specific movie that uh, I, I would call my very first movie experience. And it was in 1996 and I was, I was a kid by then and I was living in a small city in the south of Russia. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, watching movies at all at that time. And, um, and I remember that just, you know, the very first uh, VHS uh, recorders start to uh, start to drop out. And, um, and I recall that my dad you know, got, got back from his business trip from Moscow and he brought home a very first VHS tape, which was uh, uh, Jurassic Park that just got out. It was Stan Scholder's movie. I watched it and I was, you know, I was deeply shocked, mesmerized with this world of the ancient creatures that eventually came to life. And um, I thought, wow, it's, it's, it's movies. It's great. I love that. And uh, I, I'd say that that was, you know, a starting point for me into, you know, exploring the science fiction genre and also, you know, exploring the movies as a medium and you know and uh, since that I think I watched everything that I could uh, in terms of this genre um, you know like uh, um, Spielberg movies as extraterrestrial um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind then I watched James Cameron's movies then obviously I watched some of the Ridley Scott's movies in, and Alien was among them and I was uh, I was terrified and I was, you know, um, shocked that it, it, it really influenced me in, in my, you know, uh, and I would say that uh, allowed me to 
really dig into these genre. When you um, were growing up and you'd seen these films and decided that you loved them, Jurassic Park, Alien, all these classics, and you thought to yourself, this is what I want to do. I want to become a filmmaker, a director, a writer. I know you started doing some commercials. Um, Did you go to film school or did you self-taught? How how did it come about? Well, yeah, I went to film school uh, and... um... I spent five years there, and um, I and after I got out, I just I haven't got the slightest idea what kind of movies I want to do myself, and uh, I mean that, and I just you know decided to keep studying in some way, and I decided to go into commercials, into music videos, and you know polish my craft there, and I was I was always you know, a fan of short form and the short form, short genre allows you to, uh, in some way to define your own tools, your own abilities, understand what you're capable of, what you can do. And I mean that I was, I I consider this time spent in commercials and advertising, I consider it as my second film school. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's, it gave me, uh, g- gave me a lot of experience and allowed me to jump into, the, <laughs> into my first feature. And now that we're here talking about Sputnik, um, how was the pressure on taking on such a big project? I mean, it's a huge thing. It's your big debut. Was there a lot of lessons to be learned while you were doing it? Was it a thing that you really had to be confident in because obviously it's such a huge task and I bet you wanted to leave a statement with your first ever film yeah that was this was tall for it first of all I, I, I must say that that was kind of a long journey in terms of you know uh, I mean it was really long it started uh, almost five or six years ago and um, I uh, at the beginning I just uh, I just knew a few things that I want to do science fiction, um, maybe I want to do horror, and uh, I haven't got the slightest idea how to do that. And yeah. uh, then at one point, just this idea of you know combining these uh, um, these very common elements, uh, which is uh, you know this. Um, Soviet Union setting environment and bringing in the um, conventional elements of, of of conventional science fiction, which is a creature, which is alien, came to my mind. I, I thought that maybe it would be a smart idea to do sort of Russian version of alien. So, and I I just I, I just decided to do proof of concept short. I decided to do short movie, and at one point we ended up on. Uh, on doing the short movie which was called The Passenger uh, that yeah. was sort of prequel for the Sputnik I would say uh, it, uh, the, the initial goal of that short was to set up an environment, set up a character and you know introduce the audience with with this world and eventually the, the, the movie worked out I mean we, we premiered at the Fantastic Fest in Austin uh, and then we, a few projection companies, uh, take a look 
the short they love it and it allowed us you know to um to find a budget uh, and to start developing a full feature one of the things that i absolutely loved about the film was the creature design at times i loved the creature and i even felt kind of sorry for the creature but that creature also has the ability to eat me alive and rip my face off it's that kind of uh, balance of the emotions but also the the fear of what this creature is how did the concept come about i mean i've seen some of the art online but the design is quite unique and it must have been something that you knew you had to get right oh uh, well yeah that was kind of challenging process to came up with this design because you know at the very beginning we uh, we realized that we coexist in the world where the all these you know wonderful iconic creatures already exist like xenomorph the predator or yeah. whatever i mean it's really hard to uh you know to, to beat them and so we we thought that we, we we must we have to come up with something really original and well we started bit by bit step by step um designing this creature first we asked ourselves uh, uh, what he can do what he's capable of what his goal what he's you know like character what does he want we we started you know to treat him not as a physical and visual element, but, you know, as a character, uh, you know, in some way, a person with uh, his own goals, with, uh, you know, his uh, um, own things. And uh, in some way, it's uh, it's reasonable in terms of, you know, that um, this creature, he's kind of, you know, have this uh, peculiar, connection with our main protagonist so obviously the symbionts uh, symbionts sorry and uh they sharing you know uh they sharing the same body they sharing the same mind and uh, we thought that uh it's going to be kind of right approach in terms of coming up coming up with the design of this creature some of my favourite horror films have obviously always been led by practical effects. So I love John Carpenter's The Thing. It's one of my favourites. We've yeah. talked about Alien. That's one of the first films I watched as a kid and it's terrified me for the rest of my life. Even stuff like Jaws. Um, was there a point in this where you would prefer to have done it in practical effects or was it because of budget and everything that then had to really rely on CGI? Unfortunately, from the start, we realised that we uh, will do it entirely in CGI. Yeah. So, uh, I mean that maybe at some point my, uh, you know, like uh, uh, my initial idea was to combine those two things. Yeah. Uh, uh, do partly CGI, part, part of the practical effects, but um, uh, but then we, we just understood that uh, it's you know uh, it's um, it's it's kind of impossible in uh, in, uh, <clears throat> in our uh, in our station and so we 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 just decided to do it uh, fully CGI and that was kind of a great thing because I must tell you that a lot of kind of quite an interesting setups uh, just spontaneously came up during the post production we just you know we I mean. Uh, at the beginning, we storyboarded um, the, the entire movie. We we, we had uh, we, we, we had all the storyboards um, 
previews and all that stuff. But then uh, uh, while editing the movie, we just watched a few scenes and we we just understood, wow, that, that's that's a great way to, you know, to insert the alien, the creature there, to use him there. And especially, I mean, um, well, it, maybe it will sound like a spoiler. The the very last uh, appearance of Alien in the movie, where we see Tatiana and the creature face to face, it wasn't in the script. It wasn't in the storyboards. We we just we just uh, we just did that shot. And uh, um, and while editing it, I thought, wow, that it it could be kind of you know suspenseful moment when we see those two main characters face to face like interacting in some weird peculiar way and it worked out perfectly i mean th that was uh, that i would say was a benefit of uh, working with the cgi and then now that the film's finished and obviously out there looking back what was the biggest lesson that you learned from making sputnik what would you do differently on your next project <sighs> Well, first, uh, I would do differently every single thing, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, uh, well, great question. I mean, um, it's, a, it's kind of, I find it very tricky to work uh, with the script and develop a script. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, um, I mean, we've been working on the script for, for a year or so before the pre-production started and it wasn't enough i mean that and uh i would say if 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 i had a chance and and maybe if i had you know one year more in advance i would you know keep doing um, some you know some polishing on the scripts uh, some changes but you know it's um uh, as I said, it's 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 never enough, and just maybe at some point you just have to say to yourself that no, you, you need to move on. You need to start prepping, doing the next things. So, yeah, yeah. And the film being released, and people on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes get a chance to leave their reviews for the film. Are you a director that will take note and read all these comments, or do you prefer just to switch off and ignore the the bad comments and the good comments? You just like to not know. Um. Well, it depends on my mood, actually. But yeah. I, I'm trying to read the comments, and sometimes I really find them really helpful. And I thought, wow, that's. Uh, I'm I'm reading uh, comments or a review or whatever. I mean, wow, that's that's kind of interesting idea. I I didn't thought about that. And um, uh, and sometimes I'm you know trying to um, just just keep the comments. So uh, it's um, part of that, part of that. So <laughs> as I said, depends on my mood. No, that's fair. And what's next for you now that the film's out? Are you really eager to get working again and start directing? I know, obviously, some of the world's in lockdown at the moment and it's not the best time to make a film, but are you sitting there now really passionate, wanting just to do more and more? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I have a plenty of time uh, yeah. thinking about my next steps and um, I'm already developing a few projects at the same time. And, yeah, really... I really do want to keep doing science fiction to explore this genre, which is, which I 
find I find these general really extremely beautiful and it allows you you know to work on different layers in terms of themes in terms of ideas in terms of that stuff so yeah um i mean that uh, i hope i really hope that uh, quite soon the everything get back to normal and we will we would allow you know to get back to sets and get back to work and i can't wait to do that do you think you'd ever like to try and do a Sputnik 2 or a, a, a prequel in a different way now? Or do you think you've ever got more of a story to tell? Or you do you think this is just... Uh, I don't think so. I mean that... Uh, I I think I... <laughs> I've said pretty enough in this movie. I mean that, you know, franchises, sequels, prequels, it's the thing you always could come up with the one. But uh, yeah. the, the, the only question is why. I mean that for me personally, I think that this story is over and I'm quite happy with it. And so uh, I would rather do something else instead of, you know, trying to do sequels, prequels, uh, all that things. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are young and they're studying at college or university and they'll be listening to you today thinking that they want to become a film director. They want to write films or they want to produce what advice do you give to them? I know you're early into your career, but what advice do you give to those people about getting their film ideas out there and seen, or how do they get their work seen? I know we've got a world where we've got Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, but what do you advise for them to stand above everybody else and be seen? Um, well, I think the the only thing that you have to be loyal to your own ideas and believe in it and it doesn't matter what tools are you using i mean that you, uh, you could sh shut a movie on your iphone and upload it to instagram facebook or whatever you can you know shoot a film or just do still photography and kind of edit it and um doesn't matter i mean the the idea the concept and your you know your obsession with these ideas the only thing that matters actually that's amazing one of the things i do on every episode of the podcast is when i close the episode um i ask the guest to pick the song um that they want to be the outro music so it can be a piece of music from a film a score a band that you love a piece of music that you grew up loving and i want to put you on the spot now um what song would you like to be your outro song for this interview sure i mean uh i, I would pick up the the main theme from the thing uh, which, oh, uh, which 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 is by ennio Marcona and uh, John yeah. Carpenter. i mean it's it's wonderful it's one of my favorite movie themes ever made. Dum -dum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Very simple, but amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, John Carpenter for me is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I just think what he's done at the time is just absolutely iconic. And producing so many masterpieces is just—he's left a legacy that will just never be touched. Absolutely, I I agree. I mean, that yeah, can't wait to see something new from him and i just just heard that news that he's rebooting the thing yeah with, with jason blum and i can't wait to see that one. 
Fingers crossed. I mean, what what do you think about the horror world at the moment where you've got the power of Bloomhouse and it seems to be bigger than ever? You know, if you look at how big Pennywise and It was and the, all the Stephen King adaptations and all the remakes that are getting, it seems that horror's never been so loved. Well, uh, uh, somehow I think that uh, right now it's kind of, you know, good moment for such genres as science fiction and and the horror uh i don't know why i just i mean that uh it's it's a strange thing that you know like trends and um things they uh, they're repeating themselves in some way i mean that the obviously horror and science fiction was quite popular in 70s and 80s and uh so and here here we are. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's it's getting back again, and I'm glad that it's happening because those are two genres that I was, you know, deeply influenced by, and I really love. So um, I mean that um, I I think that maybe is a, we're we're living in a kind of strange time when you know, such genres allows you to um, deliver the specific ideas, themes, and, you know, uh, d- d- and I mean that the the tools, the, that, uh, the, the, the abilities of these genres uh, allows to, you know, for, for filmmakers to, you know, to, um, to speculate uh, on the themes that really, kind of uh, you know important at that moment of our lives and my final question for you today is obviously you are quite young into your career you've only just started as in you've only had your first release now um what would be the ultimate goal for you if you are setting out your career what would be your moment that you would be fulfilled where you could then die and know that is everything i've ever wanted to do is it to win an oscar is it to have a number one film is it to get to work with Steven Spielberg? I mean, what, what would be your biggest dream as a director? Uh, I just want, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing right now. And I, I didn't, just don't want to stop. I, I, I think that there is no such thing, thing as a finish line, you know, in this job. It's a, it's a kind of internal process. It's a eternal journey where you trying to find a new material and new themes uh, you know trying to expand the boundaries of your stories of your personality and you explore it's kind of you know exploration of yourself and uh, i mean that's i think it's a good thing that it's uh, it has no time limits (laughs) yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today and fascinating and I hope that one day we can talk again and talk about your next film when it's out and everything else but I wish you all the luck with this release um, I hope everyone gets on and watches this and yeah I, I, I really do wish you luck with everything ahead of you Thank you Mark, it was a pleasure and thanks for having me So there it is, there's my interview with me and Igor and as I said at the start of today's interview, this guy has a huge career ahead of him To know that Sputnik is his first debut feature film blows my mind. He's astonishing, his vision is incredible, and I can't wait to see where his career goes. 
If you haven't checked this film out and you're a fan of horror, John Carpenter sort of style films, sci-fi, please go and check out Sputnik. It's so well made and you won't believe the scale that he's done on such a small budget. It's astonishing. And if you love it, be sure to go on to Mark and Me. On there there's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and let me know. I love reading people that go and find out new bands or new films or TV series because of the podcast. For me that's the ultimate compliment so please if you do go and check it out let me know your feedback. As you know right now Mark and Me is full on. It's two episodes per week, every Wednesday, every Saturday. It's so busy with even more guests coming through. The range of guests has been my favourite for the last few weeks. We've had actors, directors, musicians, bands, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. As always, if you love the podcast, please support me. I have a Patreon page, and on there there's prizes every month from Vice Press. I believe the best poster company out there. I'm also getting prizes from companies like Last Exit to Nowhere, Dead Good Tees, and whenever I can, I'm getting films and sort of merch and memorabilia from the guests that come on the podcast. This is exclusive to my Patreon members, but I'll always throw prizes when I can on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to thank anyone that supports me. If you don't want to invest in the podcast, but you love the podcast, you can do this for free. You can jump onto Twitter and share the episodes, retweet them or post them on your Facebook or Instagram. That costs nothing and I can't emphasise enough, it makes a massive difference to Mark and me. It brings on a whole new audience and maybe makes people that aren't aware of the podcast aware. And that is priceless. Like I said, I'm going to be back in only four days time of a brand new episode. It's so busy at the moment and I can't wait to share this next episode with you. But until then, please look after yourself, take care and I'll speak to you all soon.